Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Wonderful group of people here this morning. I look across, see many different faces, nationalities, backgrounds, ages... Absolutely wonderful. Welcome, everybody, uh, this morning. So this morning, we're going to be continuing on our series of We Are. If I point your attention over to our banner here. On our banner there, we have got our seven values. So they are the seven things that we feel are really important to us here at Life Community Church as we seek to go forward. So our seven values. And over the last uh, seven or eight weeks, if you've been with us, you'll know that each week we've been looking at a different value. And today we reach our final value, our seventh value, which is... Richard did well. I'm not sure how many of that comrades he had with us after three. One, two, three. Wonderful. Enthusiastic. So we are gonna, we are gonna enjoy looking at this value of enthusiastic. I wonder what you are enthusiastic about. You may think, well, I'm not an overly enthusiastic person. But the reality is we all get enthusiastic about something or several things. So I'm just going to throw out a little list of maybe some different things that we may get enthusiastic about. So as I'm throwing out these different things, have a think of where you might fit into these categories of different things. Are you ready? Here we go. Maybe you're enthusiastic about sports. Football. Rugby. Cricket. Tennis. Cooking. Shopping. Ladies. TV programs. Going on holiday. The latest gadgets, mobile phones, little gadgets, gardening, sitting down and reading the newspapers and catching up with what is going on, meeting up with friends for a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, going to a coffee shop, music, puzzles, crosswords, X Factor, Strictly come dancing. And because we live in England, talking about the weather. You may, I hope, maybe have heard where maybe you think, actually, I do get enthusiastic about that thing. I do love a bit of cooking. I do love a bit of X Factor. I do love a bit of gardening or catching up on the newspapers. We're all enthusiastic about something. Now, I'm going to share with you one of my latest things I've become very enthusiastic about. As a mum of three, 
you can imagine I spent a lot of time shopping, thinking of what I'm going to cook and cooking the meals. A lot of my time in the week revolves around that, as Jency would so well know, and any other mom with young children. So, earlier on in this year, a couple of friends said to me, Leanne, why don't you try and start doing a bit of shopping at Aldi? Aldi, I thought, I'm a Tesco girl. I thought, I'll give it a go. So I came to the Aldi in Leamington. Not the one in Coventry where we live. Far too busy. Came to the Leamington one. And as I went round, started putting things in my trolley, I thought, they're right. This is really good. It's cheap. Well, cheaper. I'm saving a lot of money. They have lots of fresh fruit, lots of Mediterranean things that I love. And I started really enjoying it. So I went the following week, went the following week, until finally all the mums at school, have you been to Aldi? It is really good. And I started getting very enthusiastic about Aldi. I probably had several conversations with people in this room about Aldi. To the point where just this week, David and Rob came round to my house. I opened up my cupboard and said, have you tried this curry sauce from Aldi? It's only one pound nine. <laughs> Dave apologises for me. Say, so she doesn't get out much. She likes going to Aldi. But I have become enthusiastic about Aldi. I like it. And often we talk about the things we're enthusiastic about. Enthusiasm. What does it mean to be enthusiastic? Well, it means to have an energetic interest or an eagerness for something. A little bit like with me with Aldi, I have an energetic interest about their products. I am eager to do my weekly Aldi shop to see how much money I can save and what food I can buy. Energetic interest, eagerness. They all sound like good words. Energy, eagerness. What enthusiastic mean? But sometimes we can actually find ourselves in a completely different place to being enthusiastic. Maybe sometimes you find yourself in a place where actually you even find it hard just to get going with something. Maybe there's tasks at home that you think, I need to do that, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Things you put off. People you know, I need to phone that person, oh, I haven't got time, I'll do it next week. Maybe things that you need to sort out. Maybe putting your finances in order. Maybe spending time with that person that you know you need to. Maybe making that appointment that you keep putting off. We can actually find ourselves in a place where sometimes we just feel a bit stuck. We just feel we can't get going. Or maybe we are on with something, but we think, have I got the energy to finish it? Have I got the energy to carry on? Am I even going to get to the end? So today, we're going to unpack 
some really simple principles that I feel can help us as we learn about what this word really means, enthusiastic, and how it can help someone like me and someone like you just in our normal, every day-to-day lives. So last week, Dave looked at devoted our sixth principle and we were in a book called the book of Acts in the Bible which is the book that was written just after Jesus went to heaven. So this book was all about the stories of the very, very first Christians. How it all happened, what they were doing the problems they came up against, the excitement they had. It unpacks that story. And last week, Dave shared with us how they were together. They were devoted to being with one another and getting to know God. And this week, we're going to stay right there in that book, in the book of Acts, but we're going to fast forward just three chapters, and we're in chapter 5. Now, it's a long chapter, so we're not going to have time to read it. So I'm going to give us a really simple picture of what's going on. So at the beginning of chapter 5, we jump into the story and we read that things are going well for the early Christians. They were growing. They were full of enthusiasm. They were eager, they were energetic, they were telling people about Jesus. They were praying for people, people were getting healed. And every day, more and more people were deciding, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. So things were going well. But sometimes, what happens when things are going well? In our own lives, suddenly, something happens, a problem an unexpected situation, a conversation that we didn't quite see, that one coming, and it stops us in our tracks. And that's exactly what happened to these guys. Things are going well, and suddenly a problem came. And what happened? Where the early believers were living, there were temples, and people would go to the temples to worship, and there were religious leaders in charge of the temples who were very, very devout about their religion and wanted to protect their Jewish customs. And suddenly, these leaders were watching these early believers growing, moving around, and they started feeling threatened. They started feeling jealous. They started thinking, hang on, I don't like what's going on here. People should be coming to our temple and doing it our way. But instead, there's all this talk about Jesus. We need to do something about this. We need to maybe stamp it out. Maybe it's a sect. Maybe they're all a little bit loopy. We need to get in there and sort it out. So they arrested some of the early believers, took them into their court, put them on trial, and started asking them questions. And this is where we're going to jump in. So we've got it on the screen there. Or if you have a Bible, it's Acts chapter 5. And we're reading from verse 38 to 42. Here we go. Just before we jump in, we're going to read some words from a man. 
that was in the court called Gamaliel. Now, he was clever. He'd got his head screwed on. He was listening to all that was going on quietly and suddenly he spoke up and he said these words to everyone in the court about these early believers. So my advice is leave these men alone. If they are teaching and doing these things merely on their own, it will soon be overthrown. But if it is of God, you will not be able to stop them. You may even find yourselves fighting against God. The council accepted his advice. They called in the apostles and had them flogged. Just going to pause there before we carry on. So they liked his advice, but they called them in and thought, actually, we're not going to let them off completely the hook. Before we release them, we're not just going to slap their wrists and say, now there, come on. They had them flogged. In those days, that was serious abuse, serious pain. They would be stripped of their clothing. They would be whipped with rods, with canes. They would have been bleeding. They would have been in a lot of agony and pain. They were giving them a strong message. We've got more than this. We've got more than flogging. But this is a little bit of a warning. So these early believers, they were in a bit of a a bad situation now. Imagine the pain. Imagine the, the, just the, the, the way of being treated like that. And all they'd done was been telling people about Jesus. Then they ordered them never again to speak in the name of Jesus. And they let them go. What a warning. What a warning they were sending out loud and clear. But here's what happened next. The apostles left the high council rejoicing. Rejoicing? Rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer dishonor for the name of Jesus. Would you be rejoicing? We get upset if someone looks at us funny. I didn't like that. That person took the mick out of me because I go to church. I didn't like that. These guys had been flogged, yet they were rejoicing. And every day in the temple and in their homes, they continue to teach and preach this message. The Messiah you are looking for is Jesus. And just there at the beginning, and every day, at the temple, in homes, they continue to teach and preach this message. These were men and women, just like you and me. They didn't have superpowers. They didn't wear special clothes that made them different. They were just like you and me. But how is it, how is it that they could tell people about Jesus and continue to tell people about Jesus even in the face of great challenge 
and great struggle. See, what was causing them to live such radical lives? And what is it that you and me can learn, that we can grab, that we can take a hold of from these very, very early Christians? I think there's a couple of things. First one, they had changed lives. Their lives had been completely changed by hearing about Jesus. And when your life has been changed for the better, you want to tell people, my silly little story about Aldi, my life had been changed in a good way. And what did I do? I told people about Aldi. These lives, these men and women, their lives have been changed. Suddenly they'd got hope. They knew, actually, Jesus was real. He was God's son. He has gone back to heaven. And if we believe in him, we're going to go to heaven with him one day. We're only down here for a few years. This is only temporary. I've met Jesus. And that has changed my life. They'd got changed lives. Those changed lives became contagious. They couldn't help but tell people, but tell people, go to the temple, go to the homes. Their lives had been changed. Secondly, they'd got purpose-filled lives. Their lives now were full absolutely rammed full of purpose. Their purpose now was to tell as many people as they could in the temple, in the streets, do you know about Jesus? Do you know that he's God's son? Do you know that he loves you? Do you know that he's preparing a place in heaven for you? Do you know you can have a brand new start and be forgiven? Go again. Be clean. Be a child of God. Their lives were full, brimming over with purpose. You see, their enthusiasm for Christ, it pushed them on to have lives that were full of purpose for Jesus. That enthusiasm gave them their purpose without knowing that their lives were full of purpose, without having that enthusiasm to tell people about Jesus at the first hurdle, at the first threat, at even the sight of being flogged. They'd be like, yeah, yeah, we got it all wrong. We got confused. We made a mistake. But no, they'd found something so real, so life-changing, so full of purpose that they didn't care. They just wanted to completely give their lives to Jesus. These believers were full of enthusiasm. What did we say it meant? Eagerness, an energetic interest. These believers were brimming over with an enthusiasm for the Jesus that they knew had changed their lives and given them purpose and given them hope. C. 
See, we can read this and we can think, that's great. Wow. Amazing early believers. That's wonderful. But what does that mean for you and for me? What does that mean in our world? Because again, today, I refer back to the fact that we can be sitting here and we can be thinking, enthusiastic, that's all good. But what does that mean to me? We may not feel very enthusiastic. We may even feel stuck in a situation. We may feel the complete opposite to enthusiastic. We may, as some say, lost our mojo, lost our spring in our step, lost our passion. So what can we learn from these early believers that can help us to take steps forward? See, the first thing is to know, is to understand that enthusiasm is a little bit like the fuel in our tank. And this message is called the fuel in your tank. So we're going to use that whole picture of a car. Give me a wave if you've got a car. Most of us, they're great when they work. Not so great when they don't. But we all know, if we have a car, every now and again, we need to take it to the petrol garage and we need to fill it up with petrol. If we don't, what's going to happen? It's going to go nowhere. We could pray over it. We could clean it till it's really clean. We could vacuum it inside. Maybe that will get it going. No, we need to go and fill it up with fuel. When it's filled up with fuel, that then gives it that energy to, to take us on a journey, to take us where we need to go. And why do I believe being enthusiastic is absolutely vital for you, for me, for each one of us? Because enthusiasm, an eager interest, an energetic interest and eagerness is like the fuel in your life. It's the fuel in your life. A, to get you going in the first place. And B, to keep you going, to keep you moving until you get to where you need to be. Enthusiasm is the fuel in your tank. Without enthusiasm, we'll just settle down. We'll probably not really venture to do a lot out of what is absolutely necessary. We'll settle down. We'll maybe accept things around us for how they are. Maybe we won't aspire to those things in your heart that you think, I would really love to do that one thing. I would really love to have a go at that thing that keeps coming back to my head all the time. Enthusiasm is the fuel in your tank. Because when we open ourselves up to allow enthusiasm to start coming into our life, and we're going to talk about that right in a minute, how we can do that, suddenly you'll start moving 
suddenly you'll start progressing. Suddenly you'll start going to where you want to be. An example, Caesar and Denise have recently done up their house. Dave has said, it is very nice. Caesar is a man of DIY, unlike Dave. But they moved in. Wow, this place could be good. It needs a fair bit of work doing to it. But Caesar and Denise, maybe like many of us, in places and homes that we've moved into, had the enthusiasm to think, right, what are we going to do? What are we going to do first? What are we going to do second? What are we going to do next? They had the enthusiasm, the energy, the eagerness to get going. They put fuel in their tank. They poured enthusiasm into their world to make something work, to do something. See, we need fuel in our tank. We need enthusiasm for many different areas of our life. Maybe at work, there's a project. There's something you need to do. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're thinking, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know if I'm going to be a success. Maybe as enthusiasm is poured into your tank, poured into your life, as you get going, as you keep going through that enthusiastic approach, I believe you will be successful. I believe you will get the job done. I believe you will even get that promotion. Maybe in your relationships at home, we can get familiar with people. Things can get a bit stale. Things can get a bit like, the mundane, the boring. Maybe it's time to pour some enthusiasm into your relationships. Maybe it's time, if you're married, to go out for the day and do something nice. Maybe with your children, it's time to pay for that music lesson or take them to that place that they really want to go to where it's going to learn, it's going to do them good. There's many ways we can pour enthusiasm into our life. For those of us here that are Christians, wow, something else. We welcome you. For those of you here who are a first-time guest, we're so happy to see you. But I'm going to let you off the hook on this one if you've not yet got a relationship with Jesus. But to those of us who have, we need enthusiasm to be poured into our tank, poured into our life to take our steps forward with Jesus. What do I mean? Well, without being enthusiastic about our relationship with Jesus, we won't want to read the Bible. We may not want to pray. We may think it's easier to stay at home than go to church. We may, not, we may think, well, I don't really want to be on any teams. It sounds like too much work. I'll let someone else do it. But actually... Even in our walk with Jesus, we need to pour enthusiasm in our tank. To think, actually, I want to read my Bible today. I'm going to sit down for 5, 10, 15 minutes, however long, and I'm going to read something. 
I'm going to go out and walk around and have a prayer on my way to the shops. I'm going to meet up that friend from church and go for a coffee because I know it's going to do me the world good. I'm going to get along on that team and serve because those people are great and I'm doing life with those people and I'm serving my church. Enthusiastic. An energy. An eagerness in our walk with Jesus. Maybe we need to pour enthusiasm into our tank in many of these different areas. And just my second point to throw out, two simple points. Put enthusiasm in your tank. And the second one, wear it, don't wait for it. Wear it, don't wait for it. What do I mean by that? Enthusiasm. To be enthusiastic. To be eager. To have an energy and interest is something we indeed have to practice. Practice? Doesn't it just come naturally? To some people it may. But I think the majority of people have to practice being enthusiastic. So what do I mean by that? Annie, I need you to hold my microphone at this point. Wear it. Don't wait for it. We put on enthusiasm. We put it on. What I mean by that is we make a decision ahead of time we purposely choose, I am going to put on enthusiasm. I am going to decide to be energetic, to have an energetic interest in what I'm doing, in the people I'm with, in the places I'm going to. I am going to put on an eagerness about me. I'm going to put on enthusiasm. You see, we might think, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, Sit here and I'm going to wait to feel enthusiastic. It's got to be on its way soon. Five minutes now. I've been here an hour now. I've been here all morning. After lunch, it's bound to come enthusiasm. We're going to have a long wait. Maybe some of us will be waiting forever. We have to choose to wear it, not wait for it. We can choose. We can intentionally decide the sort of person that we're going to be and the sort of person we're going to become. We can choose. I am going to be an enthusiastic person. So for you... You may break it down into small steps. So the first thing I'm going to do, I'm just going to, I'm just going to like have an energy around me when I'm with people. So rather than how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Could be better. Not great weather today, is it? We choose. I'm going to be energetic around people. That doesn't mean you've got to bounce around and be silly and not be who God has made you to be. But even in a quiet way, we can have 
an energy about us. We can have an enthusiasm about us. We can have an eagerness about us, even in a quiet way. We can put on, we can wear it and not wait for it. And let me tell you, the more you put on enthusiasm, guess what happens? It starts to feel more and more natural. We're to the point where actually sometimes you feel you are enthusiastic without thinking about it because we become who we choose to be. Who The behaviours we repeat become part of us in the end. So let's wear it, not wait for it. It's great to see Ken here today. Ken's been travelling. He's back now. Let's give Ken a round of applause, shall we? Ken, I don't mean to embarrass you, but can I just ask you just to stand up just where you are, just in that place. I'm not going to do anything too mean. It's not mean at all. But Ken, I want to say thank you to you, Ken, because Ken is one of the most enthusiastic people I know in this place. Every time we get here, Ken is smiling. Ken has something positive to say at the beginning and the end. Ken always asks, how are you? How's things? Great time. I've seen this. That's great. Encouraging. Smiling. When he's on team, he's here on time, ready. He's sure he's wearing enthusiasm. He's ready. He's on the ball for it. And Ken is... Well, I don't know if I'm allowed to tell you how old Ken is, but Ken is a good age. And if I am like Ken at his age, I'll be happy. But somewhere, Ken has decided, I'm going to be enthusiastic. Maybe Ken doesn't always feel happy. Of course not. That's reality. We carry with us sometimes sad situations on the inside But despite maybe any challenges Ken has, he chooses to be enthusiastic. And just as I'm coming in to land, to wrap it all up, back to here... We are enthusiastic. Our value as a church. You see, as you, as me, as an individual, as we intentionally fuel our life with enthusiasm, we fuel our tank with that enthusiasm. As we choose to wear enthusiasm, and not wait for it. I wonder what the impact will be, not only in your life, in your world, which God cares about so dearly, your life, your personal life. God cares about it so much. I wonder how being enthusiastic will impact you, but I wonder how it will impact this place here. Because when one 
enthusiastic person comes together with another enthusiastic person and then another enthusiastic person when several enthusiastic people start to come together oh my I wonder what can happen and when you throw in the mix that God is there and God is with them a group of enthusiastic people I dare to imagine what can happen see I wonder what this place could be like if you if me if each one of us came together with an enthusiasm to say we want to see this place grow we want to reach out to our community we don't want there to be any empty seats we want to see this place grow I wonder what life community church could start to look like imagine with me if you if me if all of us together had an eagerness an energetic desire to think I'm going to serve I'm going to do all I can to see this place be the best it can to see Life Community Church be the best, the most influential place it can be in this town I wonder what could happen I wonder what could happen if every week, if you prepared yourself, if you chose to put on enthusiasm, if I prepared myself and we came together and we filled the place with enthusiasm. I wonder what would happen if we were all here, way even before the service started, because actually... I want to be there. I want to be there ready. I want to be there even before it starts. There were no empty seats. Because actually, everyone couldn't wait to get down here. As soon as we started worshipping, we just released such praise and enthusiasm and eagerness and energy because actually, I'm here. You're here. And most importantly, God is here. I wonder, wow, what life community church could start to look like but where does it start we are enthusiastic it starts with me it starts with you it doesn't actually start as a group it starts as individuals and as individuals come together who carry that sense of enthusiasm an eagerness, an energy. Uh, I'm going to go for it, Spirit. I'm going to give what I can. I'm going to sow what I can. I'm going to sweat when I can to see this place grow, to see this place be all it can be. Wow. Church, we'd not be in this building for too long. Why? Because the place would be packed. Because God is drawn drawn to a people that carry that enthusiasm and God will indeed continue to bless us so this morning before I hand back over to Dave I'm just going to pray for us this morning
I would like to ask us, let's stand together, shall we? And I'm just going to pray for different categories of people. I'm aware that we're a mixed bag here, which is great. But we're all at different places. With God, without God, finding out about God. So first of all, I'm just going to, I want to speak out to those of you who are here. Maybe you're first-time guests. Maybe you're here. You wouldn't really class yourself as a Christian, but you're here anyway. I'd just like to simply pray a blessing over you this morning that God will bless you. That maybe something of that enthusiastic heart will capture your life and help you. Dear God, I want to pray for everyone here this morning that maybe maybe they've not quite made a decision for you, but I thank you that they're here. I thank you that you've brought them here and I thank you most of all that you love them and that you want to bless their lives. You want them to have blessed lives, purpose-filled lives. I ask that you would bless them in their different uh, situations of life at work, at home, in their relationships, in their finances, in the decisions that they need to make day by day, that you would bless them and they would know that actually there is a God that's got my back. There is a God that loves me. And God, I want to pray for those of us this morning that know you, that we've got a relationship with you. And I want to ask God, would you help each one of us to fuel our lives with enthusiasm? Would you help us to wear enthusiasm daily? That even in the face of struggles and challenges and problems, we would choose, we are going to be enthusiastic We are going to have an eagerness in our walk with Jesus. We are going to have an energy about us that life won't go past us, but we'll make life happen because we'll have an energy in our soul, in our tummies, as it were. Bless each one of us and thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you what we can learn from it and help us to be enthusiastic. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.